Well, good evening and welcome to the service tonight. Great to see each one of you and uh, thankful for God's provision for us, His blessings. And so this tonight as we get started here, um, I want to just mention to you different uh, uh, prayer requests. Pray for our faith promise uh, commitment. We're not really able to take a commitment card like we normally would. But if you have given to faith promise in the past, this past year, we just ask you to um, pray about just increasing your, your giving by faith. It doesn't have to be a large amount, but I think we always want to increase our faith. And uh, I think about the missionaries. I think about them giving up their lives and giving up their jobs and by total faith. They're depending on you know, God to provide everything for them. And uh, as I have participated in Faith Promise through the years and increased my giving, you know, my giving increase is very small compared to their increase of faith, especially the new ones that we take on. And so um, we're not going to really be receiving commitment cards because there's just really no good way to do it. But I just ask you to give uh, as God has blessed you. And if you, if you haven't uh, been giving to Faith Promise, just uh, start somewhere and, and uh, watch God meet your need. And I want to partner with people. I want to invest my life. I love this church because this church is a church that is for outreach. It's for growth. It's for being... Listen, a growing church is a changing church. And so we're going to have a lot of new people come in the next year. New people are going to come to this church. And typically they start on Sundays. They start Sunday morning. And so um, get to know them and encourage them um, and help them as they get acclimated to the ministry. People are drawn by people and people minister to people. And so we look forward to that. Um, as we move forward, but we also want to expand our missionaries. Um, that's God's heart. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so that's the heart of the church. That's the heart of the ministry. That's why we're here, is to reach people with the gospel and then teach them to reach others. And so I'm just thankful for God's blessings, thankful for those that have been saved here. I had uh, several kids come forward in chapel this morning uh, that were dealt with for salvation and uh, we, wanna, uh, we want to continue to see people come to Christ. It's exciting. There's nothing more exciting than leading somebody to the Lord. And we think about Mike, the uh, man that Carl led to the Lord just last week. Um, we're thankful for that. And so be a witness. Pick up some gospel tracts and uh, get out and share, share the gospel with somebody. We ordered some, ro- I want to say road signs, some yard signs for you to invite people to Easter Sunday and put that out in front of your house. And uh, just, uh, it says, you know, something about Easter Sunday and the name of our church. And then they can look it up on the website, contact us for the times. And then you can use the sign every year. And so you can just put it in your garage. Put it somewhere in your garage where it won't get damaged. You know, I have... uh, there's something about a garage, except Dwayne's garage. That is the cleanest garage in the world. And, uh, and others of you have been in your garages, but uh, uh, you can keep it for next year. And then we, we have something coming. Uh, 
Brother Mike's ordering that. It's going to, it's like a, an invitation uh, for you, for your, for your neighbors to give you their prayer requests. So it's going to have your email, a place for you to put your email on it. And, uh, and you can pray for them. And we'll see. You know, people, people out there in this world, they don't have the peace that you and I have. You know, we're in church. We know that God's in control. We know that we're facing the pandemic. We know we're facing some tough political things right now for, for us as Christians. But uh, we know God's in control, and God's going to take care of it. And so I don't, I don't worry about it uh, like, like an unsaved person would. And so you can pray for them. And so we have that coming. And then for new move-ins, we're, we're looking at a program that will automatically send everybody that moves in to a house, um, they'll send them a letter from us, uh, a card from us with their name on it, inviting them to come to our church. And, um, and so we're looking forward to starting that up. That'll be new move-ins. Not only these new houses here, but like in Sundance, somebody moves, you pick an area code, and uh, we can you know, invite people to come to church through the mail. They'll send them a note. They say that it takes seven, seven contacts, those that uh, do research on getting people to come to church. Um, and, uh, and so uh, we look forward to just sending that note out, uh, knocking on the door. Um, we have plans to knock on the doors for, for Easter Sunday. We have information about our school that we, we pass out. So we go by, we'll knock on the door, leave that on the door. We do mail outs. And we're constantly finding ways to connect with people because people need Jesus. People need the Lord. And the thing I like the most about Calvary Christian School is we give them the gospel. We give them the gospel. And the parents get the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm saved. Amen? I'm glad I know the Lord, and He guides us, He blesses us, He helps us. And so we look forward to these new opportunities to uh, be a witness for Christ. And these days where there's a lot of technology, we're also uh, getting a program that at the end of this service, I saw this in, when I was in uh, Hawaii. And, and uh, what's the pastor's name there? In Hawaii, the one that's the, new, the young guy from uh, West Coast Baptist College. Brother King. Brother King is like a, a master computer technician. And he had a, up, up on the board, it had, you could text. If you wanted information about the church, you text that number. And so we're going to get something like that. And when they text that number, they'll, they'll automatically get an email from the church that day. Um, that'll just welcome them to the church and uh, tell them a little bit about the church. And that'll be the first contact. So before they get home, they'll get an email from the church, you know, acknowledging the fact that they were at church. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's like this. When you go into a restaurant, if they greet you and they seat you, you already feel good, right? Because somebody's paying attention to you. Now, if you go to Home Depot, you're never going to find what you need because there's never anybody working there, <laughs> you know? You can walk around Home Depot and, and nobody, you think, does anybody work here, you know? 
And by that time, the plant that you wanted has already bloomed and you don't even need it. That's how you buy it. And uh, they're slow, but, you know, there's some places you go and they're just right there on you. You know, they just, they wait on you and they help you. You know, when you're looking, when you're searching, you want to you wanna go to a place where people are interested in you. And they want to help you. Because you, is it just me or when you really need help, isn't it hard to ask for help? When people ask, how you doing, do you really want to tell them the truth? I'm horrible, man. It's just horrible. Life's horrible. No, you just say, it's, yeah, it's good. Fist bump and get out of here, you know, and go kick the dog, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you do. No, forgive me for saying that. Anybody online that may be offended by that. Um, but I'm saying when people are, when, when you come to a place and the people are interested in you, it just makes you feel better. And uh, it's been well said, the, the invitation for somebody to get saved begins in the parking lot, begins at the door, begins with a greeter, begins with somebody welcoming them, showing them the way. Now, this isn't a real big church, okay? But, you know, if you don't know where you're going when you come here, you can get lost. You don't know where, you know, you don't know what, so we want, I'm thankful we got the greeters out here now with the coffee and stuff and, and just somebody to greet people. And a cup of coffee or just uh, the fact that you're there with something for them. And so we're trying to improve that as we get back going here. Um, you know, after this, the shutdown we had with the coronavirus and as we continue to open up, get people coming back, I want people to be comfortable. And so um, keep these things in mind, be praying, praying for one another. Um, uh, just a lot of people that have a lot of... Uh, grief right now in our in our church in our midst got a nice note from charlie king's daughter today about just thanking the church for the luncheon for their family and and uh, people appreciate that people appreciate your kindness and your help uh, when there are times when they're grieving and so but let's continue to pray um, for those that have lost a loved one recently lois pray for her uh, she's a strong woman she's a very you know, determined woman to live for God and to live, live her life. But, you know, it's hard. And so others that I uh, think of um, Mrs. Brandt, you know, pray for Melissa, uh, that God will just help her um, as, you know, Aaron has gone home to be with the Lord. And uh, she wrote me a note the other day. She said, you were right, it gets harder as it gets farther along. It gets harder. It doesn't get easier. It gets harder. Um, and so she's experiencing that now. You know, you, you, you kind of get used to it, but you, know, you never get over it. But, but she's in that, that window right now. It's very hard. So you know what? A text from you, a card from you, just a, a call from you, those of you that know her, that will help her. That will help show her that, uh, that she, um, she's loved. And she lost her grandpa a couple years ago, about two and a half years ago. I went to his funeral out in, Becky was in the hospital at City of Hope. I left City of Hope, went to the funeral service. It was out there off of 210 uh, towards City of Hope. So was, I just came back, went to the funeral. I'm telling you, um, it was quite a funeral. Her grandpa was like in his 90s. 
but and it was a lot of Spanish-speaking people. But that place was packed. I mean, it was overflowing. There were people standing everywhere. It was a pretty big auditorium. They loved the man, and she loved him. And so he's gone, and now her husband's gone. So pray for her. Lift her up, and, and, guy, and just ask God to help her. Pray for Gracie. Lost for her mom and dad in the last two years, you know, year or two, both of them. And so we get encouragement from each other, we pray for each other, and God can bless us and guide us as we move forward. I'm thankful for life, I'm thankful for heaven, I'm thankful that for God's grace to get us through these through and move on and, and not move we never move on, but we move forward. We move forward. You never move on from somebody dying, but you move forward. And you just, you begin to, uh, you know, continue on living your life, loving people, and God is just awesome. God is just awesome. And He's always there. And he meets your, He'll meet your need. I, would, I remember I would often say, man, I could never do that. I could never go through that. How am I ever going to make it? Well, you know what? You make it, and God helps you make it. And so God will help you. God will be with you, and, but you pray for these, and it's an opportunity for us to minister um, to the widows of our church. Um, they, they have needs, and they need help, and they need encouragement. So uh, be much in prayer for them. Let's go to Lord Prayer, then we'll have our lesson for tonight. Father, we thank you for your love for us. God, we thank you that we can come together here in the auditorium, those watching online. And Lord, just um, look into your word and be encouraged by it. Be educated by it. And God, uh, we just pray for your love. I pray for Melissa tonight. I pray you'll encourage her. James and Ellie, Lord, uh, just a fine family. And Holy Spirit, I just pray you'll comfort them and help them uh, as, they, as they live daily and adjust uh, without their dad, without her husband. And Lord, just bless her and help her. And uh, be with Gracie tonight, Lord. I think of Jen this evening, bless her. Lord, I think of Phil there in, in Grayling, Michigan, and his, his, his mom, Lisa. And Lord, just to help her and encourage her and bless her. And Lord, I think of the Libby family. I think of Esther. Now all of the family is gone except her. And so I pray you'll just encourage her and comfort her. I'm thankful for their diligence. I'm thankful for their love for God. And uh, so many have gone home. And Lord, we're on our way home. But until we get there, we pray for your comfort and your blessings now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we're all on our way home. We're all on our way home. We have our homes that we live in. Uh, here on this earth, but we're all headed towards home. It's been said that everybody needs to have three homes. You have a home, a place where you live, a um, place where you dwell, uh, your house, and then you have, uh, by God's grace, you find a church home, a people uh, you know, to fellowship with, brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, we're all headed to the same place. We're all on the same page. We're going to look into the Bible tonight. By the way, turn in Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. 
but we're going to look into the Bible. You have your Bible, I have my Bible, and we're all striving to live according to the Bible. We're all striving to God, let God guide our lives. And so we're on the same page. We, we have different personalities. We have different hobbies. We have different um, you know, little things that are different about us, and that's good. But we're all on the same page moving forward for the glory of God. And it's a wonderful thing. And so we have our, our homes, we have a church home, and then we have a home in heaven. And that's what, we, you know, we have a home in heaven. We have a church home and a home in heaven. And we have our families. So we've got three. And, you know, it takes three to thrive. If you want to thrive in life, if you want to thrive in the Christian life, you have a good Christian home. Then you have a good church you can go to and learn the Bible and fellowship with and, and work together and strive together and, and see people come and get saved. And then, then we know for sure we're going to heaven. And it's all, it's all built around the love of God, God's love for us. Um, we love Him because He first loved us. And we learn to love from God. This is uh, Valentine's week, you know, this, uh, this Sunday's Valentine's Day. And I've heard the story of Valentine's Day, the history of it. You know, there was a St. Valentine was in jail and he wrote his wife love notes from jail and had him delivered, had him taken out and, and uh, just loved his wife and uh, wrote notes, drew cards. And so that's how we get the Valentine. That's the history. Don't tell anybody that it was St. Valentine that did that or we won't be able to celebrate Valentine's Day anymore, okay? They'll say it's a Christian holiday. By the way, St. Nick was the same thing. He was St. Nick. He was, he was a religious man. I don't know if he was a Christian or not, but he, he was a religious man. He was a saint who took gifts to the children of the village if they were good. So don't tell anybody about that or we won't be able to celebrate Christmas anymore with, Saint, with Santa Claus, right? Are we living in a crazy world? They want to take, they want to take <laughs> everything conservative out. Um, you know, and uh, anyways. Um, but I'm thankful. You know what? We don't have to take anything out of our world. We have a church. We have a school. We have a sports program. We have everything right here in California. A place to worship God, a place to serve God, a place where we're not ashamed to be Christians. We're not ashamed to live for Jesus. It's a wonderful thing. And it's built all around a relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, it's just solid. Our foundation is solid. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 35, the Bible says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What can take it from us? What can, what, can, what can pull us away from God's love? Nothing. Nobody. God's love. You see, we're here. The Bible says the love of Christ constraineth us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 14, the love of Christ constrains us. Why am I here tonight? Because of Jesus. He loves me. 
He cares about me. He's the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's guided me. He's helped me. He's led me. And He loves me. And He loves you. So we're just, we're loved by God. We're loved by Jesus Christ. It constrains us. And so we have, I love the song, Victory in Jesus. I love it. I love that song. And, uh, you know, I just love it. One time, this is years ago now, this is years ago, somebody complained to the music pastor and said, we sing, we sing victory in Jesus too much. You need to tell the pastor that, that you sing victory in Jesus too much. You know what we did Sunday? We sang victory in Jesus. And I told them, that, and I shouldn't have. God, forgive me. If you're watching on television, I'm sorry. You know, I told them, you better ask that person if they're saved or not. Because if, if you, if I can't get enough of victory in Jesus. I can't get enough of it. You understand? And that, that, that was the, the love of Christ. It's, we're victorious through the love of Christ. That's everything. I'm, I'm a winner. I win. I may have bad days and tough days and difficult days and dark days, but listen, I win and you win. We've won. And it's because of the love of God. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing. I want you to notice, first of all, the, the reality of His love. We're more than conquerors. Why am I a conqueror? Because of His love. Why can I conquer things? Because God loves me. How can I stay encouraged? Because God loves me. He cares about me. I mean, there's just something about a God that loves us. And He cares about us. That word victory means to be completely victorious. We're more than conquerors. To carry, carry away an overwhelming victory. I mean, you've seen... What we should do in church here is like after we have a good, if I preach a good sermon, which is not very often, but if I did, let's say, and you were all happy, when I walk back out here, they could pour a, a gallon of uh, orange juice down me like they do on the coach when the coach wins the big game. You, those of you, you know, most of you aren't sports people, I guess. But, you know, at the end of a big game, if the coach wins the championship, they pour, a, they pour the Gatorade all over them. And so just, you know, I walk out there and just somebody pours Gatorade on me. Yeah, that was good, man. That was a good day. Let's pour Gatorade on the pastor. You know? No, I mean, but we have victory. We're living in victory. The love of Christ, I mean, it constrains me. It moves me. It helps me. It guides me. He's always with me. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. 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 We're super conquerors. We're more than conquerors, the Bible says. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, again, the, the Scripture says, Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. I mean, I, I, we live in triumph. We live in victory and maketh manifest the Savior of His knowledge by us in every place, every place in our life, every time. 
I've got this knowledge of God. I've got knowledge of His love for me. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 talks about victory. Again, uh, but thanks be to God uh, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's talking about victory over death. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? We have victory. I, I tell this illustration sometimes in, uh, at a funeral service, but um, I think it's applicable tonight. Uh, a mom was in the garden with her, with her young toddler daughter, and there's a big bumblebee, and the little girl's saying, Oh, mommy, it's scared. I mean, it's a huge bee. And runs over by the mom, and the mom says, Listen, don't be afraid of that bumblebee. Don't be afraid of that bee. He's already stung me right here. He's got no stinger in him. He can only scare you. He can't sting you because he's already stung me. You know, and that's what death is. You see, Jesus took the sting out of death. He took the sting out of death. Rush Limbaugh's probably going to die this tonight. You know, he's facing death. I, um, I was just reading about that, you know, and... Uh, I remember years ago, um, John Halsey came for a missions conference here, and uh, there's a golf tournament in the desert in January, and it happened to be the week of the missions conference, and I asked him, I said, do you want to go over the, to this golf tournament, and we'll just watch the players, and uh, we had a lady by the name of Enid, Enid lived on the golf course, and so she set up on, on her outdoor patio you could you could walk right onto the course and so she'd have brownies and sandwiches and cokes and I mean every kind of brownie you could think of and you just come and went to her house and uh, I'll run the freaking brother oh, brother brother Solowski this is one of the most wonderful things I've ever done and Rush Limbaugh was there and so he fought we you when you when you follow golfers you can walk around with them hole to hole. The gallery walks with him. And Rush had the biggest gallery. He was the only one on the course with security guards. <laughs> he had two policemen with him. I mean, we're at a golf tournament, you know, but he was conservative, you know. Um, and this was like 10, 15, 10, 12 years ago. But uh, John Halsey got a picture with Rush Limbaugh. He was on Rush Limbaugh's site, website at this tournament. And he, boy, he, he loved that thing. He loved that, that picture of Rush Limbaugh, you know. And Rush Limbaugh has been a voice for conservatism, but you know, he's going to die. He's got cancer. And it's a sad thing. It's a, it's a sad thing when somebody's voice is silenced. It's just silenced. And uh, yet I believe, by the grace of God, I believe that he's accepted Christ as his Savior. Um, and um, by the grace of God, he'll be, he'll be going to heaven. But uh, I remember that. I remember going with John Halsey. But we have victory over death. Brother Theo got to go to a, a funeral yes, yesterday. I think it was yesterday. And Phoenix, and he drove back, got back last night. And it was by for Paul Westfall. Paul Westfall was a, a basketball player. 
and a coach for the Phoenix Suns. He played for the Phoenix Suns. He played for the Boston Celtics one year. They won the national title. And then Boston traded him the next year to, uh, to Phoenix. And then Paul Westfall led the Phoenix Suns to the finals to play against Boston in the finals, NBA finals. Paul Westfall is just a fine Christian man. And Theo knew him from college. He was, Theo was a part of the team, um, worked as one of the uh, people that helped with the team as a trainer and so, and so on, and so uh, a team manager. And so he got to go to the funeral. It was only by an invitation. It, was, it wasn't uh, open to everybody. But everybody on that team got to go. And Theo went. I watched the funeral. And Charles Barkley got up there. He was the last one to speak. I mean, it was a long funeral. And Charles Barkley got up there and he said, you know, I just, he said, I've known Paul for a long time. And he was my coach, but most of all, he was my friend. And he said, I came to see him a month ago. And he sat there and he was just like normal. And this is, what, this is what he said. He said, I wonder, does he know what's really going to happen to him? Does he know that he's dying? And he said this. He said, I hope, this is Charles Barkley yesterday at the funeral, I hope when I get to the point of death, I, he said he's, that I don't fear death like Paul Westfall. He didn't fear it. And he said, now, now he told everybody at that funeral and I'm watching online, we're all going to die. And we are. But he said, I hope, I hope I can be as gracious as this man and, and have the courage that he had. You know, and so, listen, what Paul Westfall had was a relationship with Jesus Christ. The leading surgeon there at, uh, I don't know if that's, uh, there's a hospital there in Scottsdale and uh, one of the leading cancer hospitals. But the doctor spoke at the funeral and he said this, when I told him and the family, when I came into the room and I told him that about the cancer, the brain cancer that he had, and uh, like the, the survival rate was like 0.1. He said, you got about six months to live. And, uh, and he said, the, the, he, the doctor, I don't even know if the doctor's a Christian, but he said, Paul Westfall said to me, I know, I, I, hey doc, I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. I know when I die, I'm going to heaven. What do we do for as far as treatment? He said, I never had a patient be so calm. I never had a patient with so much peace. I mean, I doubt that that doctor goes to the funerals of a lot of his patients, but he was there at Paul Westfall's. And what, what made Paul Westfall's stand out was Jesus Christ, his love for Jesus. You see, death, the sting of death was gone. He had peace. He had joy in the midst of his great sorrow. And that's what we have, and that's what we have to offer. That's what we offer people. I told the students today in chapel, I've been doing this for 40 years, longer than that. Longer because I, I got saved in 1977 
And so then I went to Bible, I graduated from Bible college in 81, so four years before that, so probably 45 years, I've been telling people about Jesus. That's what I do. I just tell people about God's love for them. That's all I do is just tell people that God loves them and God cares about them and he'll save them if they'll call upon him. You see, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We can do what we do because he loves us. Oh, and I tell you, his, the love is real. It's real. The reality of that love, the realm of it. Again, <laughs> the, the Bible says in verse uh, 33, who shall, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is it that condemneth? It is that it's Christ that died, yea, rather that he's risen. And who is even at the right hand of God and maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? It is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. I mean, we suffer as sheep counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, all of it, all of these things, we're more than conquerors. All these things listed here. Why? Because God loves us. God loves us through it. God's love, God wraps His arms around us and He carries us. He carries us through. John 16, 33. Again, it's the truth of the Bible. It's God's word. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Now wait a minute. In the midst of the world, we're going to have tribulation, but in Christ, we have peace because Christ has overcome the world. The world, the flesh, and the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of darkness in high places. I'm telling you, Jesus has defeated him. He's my Savior. I love him. I love him. People ask me, what are you going to do, Pastor, with your life now? I'm just going to keep following Jesus. He loves me. I'm, I'm just going to keep doing what he's called me to do. I'm on a mission from God. That mission hasn't changed. Some of the circumstances of my life have changed, but that mission has not changed. I have a purpose. I'm, by the grace of God, I've set my face like a flint to finish the course and keep the faith. It's God's grace. The Bible says in Job chapter 14 and verse 1, this is what Job writes, man that is born of a woman is of, of a few days and full of trouble. That's life. But you see, we're held together. We're held together by God's love. His strength. His courage. In that tribulation, we have His love. That distress means a narrow place. I mean, it just feels like the circumstances just hem you and you don't, know, you don't know what to do. You have the love of God. You break out with God's love. Distress, persecution, suffering that is inflicted on us because we, because we love Jesus. We're seeing that today. We're seeing that, and we're going to see more of it. We're going to see more of it. But the love of Christ constrains me. 
It keeps me going. It keeps us going through that persecution. Because we're persecuted doesn't mean God doesn't love us. He takes care of us. Famine. What does that mean? The lack of necessary resources. You know, we don't have the things we need, but we have God. We don't have everything that, that, he, that, that uh, we once had, but we have Jesus and we have God's love. The love of God constrains me. Nakedness, what does that mean? The lack of proper clothing. It means just to, man, we don't have the things that we need, the basic things. Peril, um, the, the threat of danger. And we live in those days, in many places that we go, we have a threat of danger. We have to be careful about where we go, what time we go. But God's always there with us. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God's word. A sword. Nakedness or peril or sword. Sword is a, the, talks about the threat of murder. That's why you're dealing with a sword. People that just want to just destroy us. We're more than conquerors through God's love. We're more than conquerors through the difficulties. And so we just live. We keep moving forward. We live our lives for the glory of God. And by the way, when God sees us through the day, He gets the glory for it. When God sees us through the week, He gets the glory for it. When God sees us through the year, listen, God gets the glory for 2020 in the Mountain Avenue Baptist Church, which by the grace of God, the offerings were good and the the missions giving was sufficient to give to the missionaries. And uh, the school enrollment started out low, but it came up. God provided in the midst. We're more than conquerors. God, the, the Bible says, uh, uh, all things work together for what? For good, for those that what? Love God. You see, I love God because His love constrains me. I love God because He loves me. I love doing God's work because He loves me. And so He loves me and so I love others. He loves me so I love my children. He loves me so I love my wife. He loves me, so I love my family. He loves me. You see, I, he, I just receive His love and I give it to other people. We give it to each other. We give God's love to each other. God loves you and you know it. God sustains you and you know it. And so you're able to help somebody else when they're down. You're able to lift them. You're able to encourage them. We're more, than, we're more than conquerors. Not because we avoid the problems of the world, but because we're loved by God. And His love sustains us. And His love guides us. 1 Peter 1.7 The Bible says that your, the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth it. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And so I have God's arms wrapped around me. I have the Holy Spirit of God's arms wrapped around me. I have the Savior that lives in my heart. His arms are around me. Nobody's getting to me. 
Nobody's getting to you. You're protected from the inside out. Oh, you can be, you know, you can have tribulation, you can have difficulties, but God, the love of God is in your heart because you know he loves you. And when you invited Jesus into your heart, into your life, the, the, the Spirit of God comes inside you, and God comes inside you, and He loves you from the inside out. He loves you and me. And so He's refining us. He's remaking us. You know, He, he just changes us. We're being changed all the time. He's remaking us. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 He's working on us. Whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. So I'm being conformed. I'm being molded. In the circumstances of my life, my faith is in God. My faith is in his love for me. I know he loves me. I know he cares about me. I don't care about the tribulation. I don't care about the distress, the persecution, the famine, the nakedness, the peril, the sword. I know that I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ because he loves me. And all things work together for good for those that love God. Those that are called according to His purpose. Let me tell you something. God has a great purpose for you and He's going to lead you. He's refining you through His love. Ephesians 4.13 The Bible says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. We're being molded, we're being made, we're being helped, we're being perfected unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What is it? What does it mean to become like Christ? When we really become like Christ, what will we be? How will we live? Yeah, we'll bring glory to God the Father, but we'll love people. We'll be so overwhelmed with the love. We'll be, so, we'll be so consumed with God's love that we'll just love. And nobody will be able to offend us upon the, the part where we can't love them and help them and pray for them. He's changing us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, He's, he's, he's molding and making us and He's preparing us and it's just a wonderful thing to see God's hand work and to know that He works on us and He works for us. Paul writes in, lest I, in verse, chapter 12 and verse 7 of 2 Corinthians, "...unless I be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me." I'm talking, that just talks about just beat me up, you know. It's just beating me up to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. We need God. We know that God is the one that takes care of us. We know that God is the one that strengthens us. And so the more we face trials and difficulties, we got the love of God and we got His strength and His power and His wisdom. And He guides us and He helps us. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. You know, sometimes we face things and we ask God to, to remove a problem, to remove a difficulty, to help us. 
Paul said, I asked three times. Now this is the Apostle Paul. This is the guy that took the beatings. This is the guy that was stoned. This is the guy that was shipwrecked. He asked God, and God didn't answer his prayer. But God was molding him. God was preparing a way for him. God was using him to be examples to us today, years later. I asked him three times to remove this thing, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul said, you know, Jesus told him, My strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. And God says to us, My grace is sufficient for you. He will see you through. There's not one of us in this room that do not love our children, love our grandchildren, love our friends. We see them go through trials and difficulties and we just say, God, help them, see them through. God, guide them, love them, help them to know you love them because you do. By the way, when we face difficulties, when we feel, when we're down, when it doesn't go our way, that doesn't mean God doesn't love us. He always loves. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's what the Bible says. Nothing. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. We are more than conquerors. For I am persuaded, back in Romans chapter 8, in verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I mean, He loves us. Nothing will separate me from His love. He guides us. We have difficulties, but again, all things work together for good. And as he writes to Paul, my grace is sufficient for us. So Paul writes, most gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And so when I'm weak, that's when I'm really the strongest. When I'm weak in the flesh, and I know that God loves me, and I depend upon His love, and His love constrains me, I move through the, the difficulty. I'm moved by His power. I'm living according to His word. And He helps me. He helps me. And He'll help you. That doesn't mean when we fail, He doesn't love us. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we fall. We're human beings. We're moving forward. By His grace. Psalm 103.14 Sometimes we have difficulties. Sometimes we do have trials. But he sees, he sees us through. He guides us through those problems, those trials, and those difficulties. Oh, by the grace of God, we see His love. It's real. It's with us. Why does he, why, what, what is this love all about? It's through him that loved us. 
What's the reason for his love? Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that we could be saved, so that we could have eternal life, so that we could fellowship with him. He wants to be with you. He wants to spend time with you. He loves you. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. It's wonderful. Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4. Again, God's wonderful love. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so is the soul of the Son. It's mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. But he's mine. We belong to him. Jeremiah 33, 3. Nothing, the Bible says, nothing shall separate us. We just look to God. Call unto me. Why? Because he wants to bless you. Why? Because he loves you. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, what a blessing. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23. The Bible says, And they are ministers of Christ, as I speak as a fool. Am I more? In labors more abundant, in stripes more above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods of waters. In, in perils of waters, and perils of robbers, and perils of mine own. Listen, God, God put Paul through the fire. But he knew he loved him. And he looked to him. And it made him stronger. And God just makes us stronger. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And so as we go into this Valentine's Day, I'm thankful for Valentine's. I hope that you buy something for your sweetheart and our good friend. But just remember this, the greatest love, greater love has no man than this, than he lay down his life for his friend. And that's what you and I have. We're joined together through Christ. We're joined together through his love. We're joined together through his care. And so all we do is remind each other, you know, God loves you. He'll take care of you. That text that you send, it's just a reminder of God's love. But don't forget it. Don't forget it. Be convinced, church, that God loves you. And he'll take care of you. And I don't know what 2021 holds. I believe, but I believe this, God's in control and God's going to guide us. And uh, the best days, the best days of our lives are yet to come as we look to him. Because he loves us. I got to tell you, he loves you. And just as you desire to see your children, your grandchildren, you know, life is about, is, is about entertaining other people, making them happy. 
and showing them. We lived in Atlanta, Georgia. I used to love to have the family would come. We'd take them to Disney World. I think I've been to Disney World 20 times. People would come from uh, Seattle. They'd come down from Michigan. It was only a seven-hour trip, and they all wanted to go to Disney World. And we would take them and just show them around. We knew the rides to get on. We knew the places to go. Every year we took the youth group from our church. The church, every year that church, the teenagers that came soul winning, read their Bible, prayed. They had a program they had to go through. And the church paid everybody's way to go to Disney World. Hotel fees, food, food, everything. It was like 10 grand. But the church was doing that. They just, that's what they did for their young people. They motivated, they wanted their young people to serve God. And they wanted to reward them when they did. And it's just a wonderful thing to know God. He's got great things in store. So let's, let's remember him during this time, especially as we think about Valentine's Day, think about exchanging um, cards and notes and text and maybe a message to a family member that's in a distant state that God loves you and he'll guide you, and he'll meet every need. And all God's people said, amen. Father in heaven, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, God, that we, we receive your love. Thank you, God, there's nothing that can separate us from you. Nothing. You're always there. You'll always be there for us. And God, help, us, help this body of believers to sense your presence like never before. Guide us, bless, and help us now. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. Uh, don't forget the men's prayer meeting on Saturday morning at 9. And uh, just pray for one another, lift each other up. We have Brother Brad Cranston going to be with us here Sunday from 9, 9 o'clock in the morning and 10.30. And uh, he'll be our guest. And he's just a great man who is working with... Uh, traveling the country and, and preaching the word. And uh, so he'll be, he'll be ministering with us on Sunday. We look forward to having him. And we'll see you Sunday morning. God bless you. Have a great evening.